Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. You probably don't need me to tell you how hot it's been in the Bay Area these past few days. And given what we know about climate change, it's actually not all that surprising. What was kind of surprising were the power shutoffs that some experienced with little warning. We're at a a very awkward moment in our transition toward a renewable energy future at a time when uh, climate change is throwing one crisis after another at us. Turns out there's just not enough electricity to go around, and officials are warning of more blackouts this week as they try and get a handle on a statewide power crisis. Today, why some of us are getting our power turned off. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Welcome to the Bay. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. It's very hot and people really need air conditioning, and air conditioning is very power intensive, and so we're using a lot of electricity. And at the same time, our supply of electricity is a bit limited. Dan Brecky is a reporter and editor for KQED. 
On Friday afternoon, it was very, very hot across California. Uh, it was hot everywhere, up to 110 in a lot of places uh, just around the Bay Area. So people were using huge amounts of power because of the air conditioning uh, they, they need. And even though the grid manager for the state, the California Independent System Operator, had called for uh, conservation in the afternoon, that demand stayed high. And that created a situation where the grid manager did not have enough reserve power in the system to back things up in case there was an unexpected, you know, blackout someplace. And then the California Independent System Operator ordered PG&E to start rotating blackouts. Right now up to a million homes could lose power as part of the rolling blackouts. Rolling blackouts pushed families into panic mode over the possibility of hours without AC or fans. We spoke with a representative from the state's power grid. She told us the biggest factor for rolling blackouts tomorrow is going to be the weather. There was a lot going on over the weekend. It was super hot. There was heavy wind and lightning, plus fires in some parts of California. In fact, there are fires burning right now. But this power outage isn't the same thing as the wildfire power safety shutoffs that happened last year, right? No, it's very different from the public safety power shutoffs that uh, PG&E and Southern California Edison and San Diego Gas and Electric all used last year. And in those cases, they're really looking ahead at, um, at what they call fire weather, high winds, very low humidity, and high temperature. Then PG&E starts to look at the possibility now of turning off their power. The big difference between that and what we just saw is that the California Independent System Operator on Friday and Saturday gave the utilities very little notice that they would need to start these rotating outages. The utilities are ready to do something like that if they're ordered to, but they got no notice this time. So it was literally a matter of minutes between the uh, independent system operator saying, hey, we're getting into an emergency mode here and telling the utilities they needed to start turning out the lights for people. Hmm. And this is a, a little bit more of a... Um it seems like at least a, a result of, of climate change. I mean, just like it's getting hotter and people need to use more energy. And we're all also home at the same time. You know, these things are predictable to some extent. We know we're going to have extremely hot weather at some point every year. The duration of them and sometimes the characteristics of them are a little bit different. They may it may actually be hotter all the way out to the coast where we haven't seen it before. Or we get unusual weather uh, that may be influenced in some way. For instance, the uh, uh, remnants of Tropical Storm Fausto, which we just saw come in on Sunday and Monday, that created widespread thunderstorms around the Bay Area and the rest of Northern California and caused lots of lightning fires. So, yeah, these things are connected in some way. I, I'd also just say... We have a vulnerability built into our system now that 
we're more dependent on renewable energy sources, solar and wind. And Severin Bornstein, who is a professor at UC Berkeley's Haas School of Business and is a member of the Board of Governors of the California Independent System Operators, actually spoke to what that vulnerability is. We usually buy a lot of power from other states, but the rest of the West is also having a major heat wave. And so between their demand and the fact they've been shutting down a lot of coal-fired power, uh, they don't have much extra electricity. And then we have gradually over the last decade transitioned from using a lot of natural gas-fired power plants to using more solar and wind, and we've been shutting down those gas-fired power plants. Right now, there's a point in the day where you're very vulnerable because we can't store much of the energy we generate from the sun. And solar and wind are great. They're very low cost these days, and they are um, they're very green, but they're also intermittent, and that means wind can stop blowing at any time, and the sun, we know, will set towards the end of the day. And that's creating real problems. We just don't have enough battery storage yet. Now, that's slowly coming online. And, and what, what's happened is, is that there are some people in the energy agencies in the state who have recognized that on really hot days, this is, this is going to be very tricky for us until there is more thoughtful development of the entire grid, including more storage. There's a long list of people who are responsible for the power grid in California. There's the California Independent System Operator, the California Public Utilities Commission, the California Energy Commission, the governor, and then there's the utility companies like PG&E and SoCal Edison. This makes it hard to lay the blame squarely on one person or one group of people, but there are definitely serious problems that have led to these huge rotating blackouts. These things that you're saying about solar and wind, like climate change, are things that people knew before these kind of last-minute power outages, right? So is there also something going wrong here at state agencies like California ISO or even with the governor's um, office around communication? It's a very complicated picture, and I think right now we're sort of in the recrimination phase. Probably the most serious failure that happened uh, along with the lights going out, was the fact that we had so little notice. And actually, Monday, what we saw was there was a very serious possibility that we would have more rolling blackouts. And the California Independent System Operator began communicating that very early in the day. Midday, they said, maybe the power will start going out at 3 o'clock. Maybe it will be. And then later in the day, it kept getting pushed back, 4 o'clock. 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. And then, just as I sat down to dinner and stopped looking, at 7.43 p.m., they said, well, guess what? We don't have to do that today. So they did a much better job communicating it. Some people feel like the failure is planning, that the state agencies should have done a better job of getting us to this point as we transition from fossil fuels toward renewable sources of energy and the electrical grid. Some people feel the main failure is with the way the utilities are managed, that they should be required to have more power on standby. They can go out into the market and make contracts to get power. So if there is a 
a problem like this where all of a sudden you have a shortage, they have some standby power ready to get us through that crisis point. At this point, the governor has ordered an investigation and will have some kind of answers. But I think the real takeaway is going to be that there's got to be a lot better planning and a lot better coordination among all these parties to get us past the point where we might just see the lights go out because there's not enough electricity. And who are the people most impacted by these rolling blackouts? Like, what have you heard so far about who's being affected? The real concern statewide has been for people who have spent day after day after day in uh, very warm or hot residences uh, and the buildup of heat stress. So, you know, we're talking about uh, older Californians. Uh, We may be talking about uh, nursing homes that don't have an adequate uh, backup power supply. And that point was made very dramatically, actually, on Monday at a meeting of the California Independent System Operators Board of Governors. Your line is open. Please make sure your phone isn't set to mute. Yes, is it for me? Yes. There is a man from Coachella Valley who talked about exactly what he's been going through. Yes, hi, I'm Steve Vogelfang. I live out here in the Coachella Valley. And um, it doesn't sound good. Southern Cal Edison has been cutting us off at 120 degrees for five hours with no cooling centers available thanks to COVID-19. I was wondering if you guys realize the difference between Coachella Valley and San Francisco as far as temperature, because we're exceeding 100, probably averaging 115 to 17 for August at least. And I'm wondering what you plan on doing with it And uh, as far as the customers such as myself, who uh, have lived here for 35 years and it's getting worse and worse, you guys should figure this out a little better. And uh, I don't even know why you guys have this kind of power to switch off people that actually need the cooling. What are the biggest, most pressing questions on your mind about this going forward? So it's a really interesting thing that this very laudable policy of moving away from fossil fuel energy sources toward renewable energy has this sort of hidden trap in it. And I think the big question for anybody who's looking at that, because that's a a move we have to make, is how can it be managed better in the future? I mean, we can't control when the wind blows or when the sun shines, but we have to find ways of extending the energy we get during those periods into time when it's dark and it's calm, right? That's what we talk about when we talk about battery storage. But it's also one of, you know, can we all pull together as a society to make that kind of thing happen? We've done a pretty good job in California so far. And then, you know, I I think we have to acknowledge something else that we've barely talked about, about who's vulnerable here. I can go out and buy a a power supply and prepare for a blackout, and it's not going to hurt too much, or, you know, have an expensive cooler that will keep things, you know, cold for 48 hours or, you know, or something. But, you know, as the pandemic has made it, has made very, very clear, resources are so inequitably distributed 
that lots of people are pretty much at the mercy of the elements. And so, you know, I'm just thinking about people who ha have no air conditioning that they can turn down to conserve during the day. And of course, um, they lack a lot of the other necessities or luxuries that most of us take for granted. On Monday, officials said Californians very narrowly avoided a power shutoff after people heeded public messaging about saving electricity. And they're going to continue relying on us to keep further shutoffs from happening. So what specifically that means is to uh, be very careful about your energy usage after about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and on until about 9 or 10 at night. So don't run any major appliances if you can avoid it. Dan Brecky is a reporter and editor for KQED. Thanks also to Lily Jamali for some of the sound you heard in this episode. This episode was produced by our editor, Alan Montesilio, and Aditi Bunlamudi, whose name you might recognize. Aditi has been on the show before in her role as our Silicon Valley reporter, and she'll be filling in as producer for the next couple of weeks. You can keep up with us at The Bay on Twitter. We're at The Bay KQED. And we're made by your public radio station, KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk to you Friday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.